Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Public Affair with me, Andrew G. I see someone different every episode, but do me a favor, keep it between us. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your boy, Andrew G, and welcome to this next episode of The Public Affair. I'm really excited to be doing this episode. Um, I feel like this is an episode that we've been needing for quite a long time, and we finally got it down. I talked to this guy just about a week ago, and he agreed to do it. I said, come open-minded. He said, that's all I know how to do, so I'm really excited. Uh, Before we get started, I want to thank the community for all their love and support of The Public Affair, with just over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And just a little bit over a year, which means the world to me. And of course, thank you to Mike Hamilton at Rogue Media Network and his whole team for making this podcast what it is today or helping make this podcast what it is today. You guys are the best. Before we get started, I definitely want to give a shout out to a few of our sponsors of The Public Affair. This episode is brought to you by B&J Refinishing with my boy Frank Biza. He focuses on resurfacing bathtubs, counters, sinks, tiles, and more to original showroom quality. Offers five-year warranty on most work and offers the best prices in town. And like I say in every episode of The Public Affair, Frank Biza is a true hustler because he also has Co-Town Tint, which is a mobile tint and detailing business that offers the best high quality film and products and will be all competitive prices. There's nothing that I love more than having Frank come pick up my car from work because I have no time in the day. He makes it look like a whole snack and brings it back. Frank, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair with B&J Refinishing and Co-Town Tint. Of course, the Jeffrey Monreal with Boyo Box and Audio. He focuses on installation of stereos, door speakers, and audio systems. He also specializes in building custom subwoofer enclosures and much more. Uh, Jeffrey has definitely like, built me a whole car from the ground up. I love my Apple Play car stereo. I love my backup camera. I love my auto start. And Jeffrey does it all. Jeffrey, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair with Boyle Box and Audio. Of course, to David Santabanez, the number one sales agent at Alinea Real Estate, he'll help you buy a home or sell your home. I just crossed paths with him today. It was so good to see him. We were talking about how my, my chateau is coming. It's coming, all right? <laughs> you can follow him on Facebook or call the number on the screen, darling, for all your real estate needs. He's the best realtor in town, most patient, most humbled guy I know. David, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of The public affair. Of course, to Marcos Cordero at Midway Nutrition. He is located on Hewitt Drive and offers meal replacement shakes with tons of different flavors. So if you're looking for a little bit more of a healthier meal replacement, of course, my favorite is the Honey Nut Cheerio Protein Shake. I've said it in over 60 episodes of The Public Affair because it's the truth. Thank you so much, Marcos, for sponsoring this episode with Midway Nutrition. If you guys are located in the Waco area, make sure you hit up Waco Nutrition and Energy located on Spate. Of course, to Elite Barbershop with my boy Sid Rodriguez, which I just got my haircut done today. He's located on Hewitt Drive. You can download the cut app or call the number on the screen to book. He also has Marcus Guerrero, Chris Reyes, Santos Cordova, and D-Rod, whose shirt I'm wearing today, making you look over there to call Q and the next day for the weekend, Elite Barbershop. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair. 
Of course, the Joe Olvera with Four Brothers Construction, he provides custom home designs and renovations. He also focuses on roofing, remodeling, renovations, plumbing, tree removal, electrical work, and so much more. He's going to build me a shower with different shower heads and neon lights. I can't wait. And glass doors. It's going to be great. I can't wait. As soon as David finds my chateau, and then we're going to do that. Make sure you guys call the number on the screen to hit up Four Brothers Constructions for all of those needs. Joe, thank you so much for being such an avid supporter of the public affair. And of course, I can't go on without thanking the queen, Miss Kaylin Flores at Elevate Waco, Waco's newest premier shop Selling nothing but the best. Elevate is proud to bring you all of one-of-a-kind attire and the most exotic merchandise on the market. They guarantee all gas and no breaks. Make sure you guys check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Elevate Waco for more information and the new location coming soon. Kaylin, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair. More to come later. All right, guys. So like I said, I'm really excited about this next episode of The Public Affair. I feel like we need this episode. I feel like we all need to repent. I feel like we all need we all need forgiveness. You know, we need to be cleansed of our sins, especially me. And so uh, without further ado, I'm very grateful to welcome Pastor G, aka Gabriel Dominguez, on the Public Affair. How are you doing today? And I'm doing good, bro. How should I refer to you on this episode? Should I call you Gabriel? Should I call you Pastor G? Should I call you Pastor G? G's good, bro. Okay, good. G, whatever you, you want. see, Pastor G, Andrew G. It's like it was yeah, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'm not a pastor, so. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on here. You know, I always try to do like different kinds of episodes, and I was like, God, I haven't had a pastor on the show. I wonder if one would come. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know, I've. Anyway, so, um, so I, I really appreciate you being here. Are you doing all right today and everything? Man, I'm doing good. Good, good. Yeah. All right. Well, Gabriel, without further ado, why don't we go ahead and introduce yourself for anybody who may not know. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, man. So I was born and raised here in Waco, Texas, man. And yes. uh, uh, shoot, man, obviously been here all my life. Uh -huh. And uh, I'm a pastor now at First Methodist Waco. And okay. Been doing that since uh, 2009. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, I was pastoring before or doing a youth ministry, working in ministry at okay. a local church. And, yeah. Uh, uh, since, uh, so I've been doing this stuff uh, for God f since 98. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you don't look that old. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I was born in '91. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, God takes care of you when you do godly <laughs> things. You see, He makes your skin look like you. But that's why I look great too. So, yeah, yeah. so you're from Waco. That's right. Okay, cool. And then you said you've been involved in the church thing since 1998. Right. On. Okay, and that that was being a pastor, I guess. Yeah, working. I was volunteering at first. Okay. And, yeah. And then uh, how most people start, right? Right on. Yeah. 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 And then so and then just kind of went from there. Okay. And so, uh, well, that's I'm, it, man. yeah, well, that's really cool, man. And like I said, I'm really happy for you to be here because as I've explained to Pastor G, we gave him the whole spiel. Okay. This is a very loose canon show, but we, we both agreed to be our authentic selves mm -hmm. as everybody else does on the public affair. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to dive right into it. And, Let's you know, just, it, and I'm really excited and grateful that you're here. So thank you so much. And of course we'll close the show in prayer because you know, we need to, <laughs> so, you know what? I, I think it's no secret. You've shared all over your social media. You're very well known in the community. I'd, I'd like to assume. And, um, when I did tell quite a few people people that you were coming on the show and they were just like, oh yeah, that's a really good one. That's a good one. Um, I think there's no secret that you had a pretty troubled youth growing up um, and in your adolescence. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because it's so, it's so like far-fetched to me to think that you've had that trouble past and now you're like this really well-known pastor in town. It's, it's two different worlds. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about that and just be as open as you can, please, because I want to know. Yeah, man, no <laughs> doubt. So, well, I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, first of all, it's just, just growing up, as far as I can remember, mm -hmm. just uh, in a blended family. Okay, you know, and uh, <clears throat> you know, my my mother, man, you know, just like a lot of moms out there, single, trying to trying to make it out right. here. You know, uh, my mom was was 
dating and just trying okay. to find the, the right person. And during that time, my uh, my grandmother mm-hmm. took me in and uh, wanted me to live with with her. So I grew up with my grandmother. Okay. And uh, at the for for a while, right? Not, right, right. Not all my life. No, yeah, I got you. Yeah. And uh, she passed away when I was. Uh, Around the fifth grade. Oh wow, and really? I remember so they, you were young. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I remember they. Uh, I was in school and they came and uh, uh, got me outside of. Uh, I was going to Saul Ross right. Elementary at the time, and uh, man, they told me she was gone. She was out of here. I didn't oh, know wow. what that meant, or uh-huh. I thought she, uh, in my mind, uh, as far as I can articulate, like she left me. So I was right. disappointed and upset. Okay. Like, why you leave me, Grandma? Kind of right. Thing. Were, were you were you closer with your grandmother growing up than you were with your actual parents? Or uh, well, my parent, my mom was always around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and my dad was around. But I lived with my mom and and her mother, which is my oh, uh, and your grandmother. Okay, I so, got you. So my mom was always around. Yeah, while yeah. I lived with my grandmother, so it's not mm-hmm. like she was absent or anything. Right. Okay, I got you. Um, and then uh, I would see my dad when I could, kind right. of thing, you know. And then uh, but when my grandmother died, that was pretty significant mm-hmm. and for me. And uh, so, uh, man, I just kind of, uh, with the disappointment, yeah, uh, maybe some anger. Like you feel like something was taken from you. Yeah. Okay, uh, I got yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah. Now I'm able to describe that now. I didn't know what was going on. Then. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. So, so the the hurts and frustration, disappointments, man, kind of, um, kind of fueled um, mm. an attitude, right? You know, and so like you make, became resentful, like yeah, a renegade, right yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, at the time, being young, you're dealing with bullying and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and I kind of it kind of lit the flame for me with this bullying and aggression, and huh. I was bullied at one time, then I was. The person bullying, and I was trying to beat people to the punch oh, okay. with this stuff. Yeah. So, so uh, anyway, and so when my grandmother passed away, that kind of went through. The it just kind of flared it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you. And so the rebellious rebelliousness that came out of that just mm-hmm. kind of went through the roof. Right. I was gonna. Say, so you know, you mentioned being bullied, and you know, I, I guess like, what were you being bullied for? I mean, oh man, is it just like kids were all picking on each other? You, you know, know what I, I mean? Got a, like, I got a, a story. I could yeah, share. sure. So, 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 so <laughs> I, I got this. Uh, I remember being uh, being in the school bus coming home. We had lived on on Dutton, where okay. um, is that South, South Waco? Waco. That's South Waco. Okay. That's where the old University uh, uh, Baylor Stadium. Sorry, okay. Baylor Stadium used to be at. Right. And so uh, I got dropped off at the corner, and the whole time, a, f- a friend of mine that I was cool with was saying he wanted to fight me, and I understand oh. why he wanted to fight me. Okay. And um, man, uh, we got off the school bus, and before I got off, I was looking for. A blunt object or something okay. that I was gonna hit him with. Today. Oh my goodness! And you were uh, really mad. Well, well, there was just a water hose, <laughs> right? And so I grabbed the water hose and I started swinging it around, and uh-huh. the end of the water hose caught him in the face and oh, no. and uh, kind of messed him up. He started crying. Right. I was a young kid. We were in elementary school. Uh, okay. And so I, I, I wasn't chasing him, but I was following him because I was like, "Bro, I'm, I'm my bad, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't want no problems." And I chased him. Well, I chased him. I followed him all the way to his house. Uh-huh. Well, he went inside. And his dad started beating the heck out of him, man. And, oh, and he came outside wow. and he was beating him like a man beating him. Wow. Okay. And I, man, I felt horrible. Yeah, but, yeah. But anyway, oh, so that, that, that was like a story. And then uh, maybe before that, I mm. remember even being uh, younger. And all I remember being in the school bus as well, this guy used to flip his eyelids up uh-huh. where he turned red. Yeah. And I didn't like that for whatever reason. It would scare me. Right. So I, I would. I remember I would cry. Mm-hmm. And he would do that like every morning for about a week. Okay. And then uh, probably about the second week he did it, and I just got tired of it, and yeah. I just commenced to 
beating on that boy. <laughs> I was little though. Yeah, that's crazy. And I got in trouble for that, but yeah, that's where all this stuff started coming out. You know, right, the, right. Bullying. How do you censor your language? Because I heard another word wanting to come out. <laughs> oh no, man. Yeah. I, I do a pretty good job. Dude, I've been doing okay. for a long time, I'm trying so. my hardest right now yeah, to really bosses. censor my language. It's yeah. Bosses, yeah. So. I tried it with the Fajardos too. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I rewatched yeah. the episode just because you were coming on. I know you're you're very close with that family, right? <laughs> right on. And I've had the I've had Angelo and um Homer and yeah. Adrian on the show. And yeah. I always thought, I told myself, okay, when they come on, Andrew, you can't be crazy. And I was just watching the whole episode. I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. You know so I mean? so Angelo's yeah. my little cousin. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. And oh, so wow. Homer uh, married into the family. Okay, got you. So, so the reason that uh, Angelo's in the picture mm-hmm. is kind of my father in the sense because his mom, mm-hmm. this is my cousin. Right. Met him because me and him were close. Right. Me, me and that, uh, Homer. Right. And so, and it kind of went from there. I love them, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved yeah. having them on the show. They were really great. So, shout out to um, Angelo and Adrian yeah, that's and my Homer. People. So, yeah. me and Homer are really close, man. Okay, yeah, I got you. Know, you. All the way since since uh, we were younger, yeah. like sixth grade. Homer but... came on this show and told a story, man. And that was like when he was fresh out of jail. I don't know if you got to watch that episode or anything. I did. Oh, look who's calling. <laughs> it's Homer. <laughs> yeah. And so, you can answer if you need to. Tell them you're on the show. Do it. Put him on speaker. I want to say hi. He hung up. No, you hung up on his face. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, back to you. Okay. So so you grew up troubled. Your your grandma dies. You know, she passes away. Do you say? Would you say that a lot of that contributed to some of the actions that you did that helped you lead to going to prison? And I, w- I want to talk about you going to prison as yeah, well too. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, it, it, those were pieces that contributed to. Mm-hmm. Um, the hurts and it just kind of snowballed, right? right? And me not having a healthy, uh, um, a healthy way to deal with that, mm-hmm. uh, it just it bottled in, right? It, bottled, it was bottled up and then it came out in unhealthy ways. Okay, what, did so, some of your family try to help you? I guess quell some of that anger, like your mom or anything? Of course, or, yeah. yeah, man. You know, uh, my mom did the best she could, right? You know, and and uh, I was just. I was a knucklehead, bro. Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and man, you know, I coming from a blended family, you know, my uh just for technical purposes, my stepdad, but he's, he's I call him my dad. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um man, I was I was messed up towards him, bro. Mm-hmm. And I was with he was a part of my life and my mom's life since I believe I was like, man, I got Seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Maybe younger, bro. Right. But anyway, right. I, I was always disrespectful for no mm-hmm. reason. He's, just, he's a good... I love him to death. Yeah, now. yeah. But when I was younger, just being rebellious and full of all this stuff, they had nothing to do with him. Right. You know what I mean? I was just being a knucklehead. Do you know who your real dad is? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my, my, my dad, I was talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't he wasn't like a... He was a part of my life yeah. because of my grandmothers from both sides. Okay. They would put us together. And uh, when I say put us together, they would make sure that I knew my family from the other side. For sure. And so my, my grandmothers were, were really awesome at networking the family thing together. Yeah. And, and so because of both of my grandmothers, my grandmother from my dad, uh-huh. and my grandmother from my mom, they would always uh, put me into the family right. and, and, and help me understand that side of the family. And so because of those efforts, man, it mm-hmm. was, and my mom too later, right. was also making sure I could uh, grow up around them. Totally. So, no, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, but I, it's complicated. Yeah. See, it's, it's it, only if you're in a blended family, you understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, because if not, it's kind of hard for you to comprehend. But right. It's, it's super complicated when you're talking about blended family. Yeah. Sometimes they can go really bad. Uh-huh. Which. 
And then even when it's good, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. You know? and so anyway, keep yeah. Going. No, you know, I'm Homer's texting you. I've been looking at your phone. <laughs> if he's not busy, call him. We should talk to him. I think that'd be so great. Oh, he, he's, <laughs> he's he's busy. He's me. Yeah, yeah. All right, Pastor G. Let's get into some of the juicy good things. All right, so yeah, not good on. things. They weren't good at the time, but no, they're no, no, they're no, good no, to no. talk about on the show because I think the more fluid you could be with the audience that watches this, and maybe people that went through the same thing, they could really translate. Yeah. Or if you can maybe anyway. So um so. It's no secret that you spent some time in the pen, okay? Mm -hmm. um, can you talk to me a little bit about the events that led up to that and what your experience was like with it, and why did you go? Yeah, well, I mean, mm -hmm. just just uh, you know, following this this understanding of just being hurt, disappointed, okay. frustrated, you know, all that stuff just kind of snowballed, and and uh, my my experiences were pretty pretty crazy, man. Mm -hmm. So that means I would um, any challenge that was in front of me, I mm -hmm. would take it on, right? Mm -hmm. uh, any uh, uh, Peer pressure, right? Okay, uh, I, I would, I would embrace. Really? You know, like, oh yeah, man. So, or like kind of like a follower type thing. Not to yeah, completely demean your yeah, character, no, but no, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. Well, you have to start following something. Absolutely. You know. And yeah. So, yeah I, started, I think we're all guilty. We yeah, yeah, tried to yeah, fit because, in. Yeah. No, absolutely, because I was like eleven years old. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, shooting up. You know, shooting up. Like yeah, drugs, dope, dope, yeah. really? Yeah, well, because oh, wow. I, I hung around 14, 16 year olds, and, and they some were doing were it? 17, 18. Okay, and so uh, this is just stuff that we just did, mm. you know. Uh, when they asked, when they would ask me about doing stuff, mm -hmm. I would, I would be like, heck yeah, right, I was right. scared of needles, bro. But I mean, yeah, but but, like, but yeah. I did it though, yeah, you know, just because I was trying to prove to them that I ain't scary. Okay. You know all this. Well, kind you were just trying to fit in. You thought it was cool at yeah. the time. Yeah, I, I felt it was the weirdest thing. I felt mm -hmm. like I had something to prove to them. Yeah, uh, that that I was I was I was not scared. Okay, that's what it was. I think it comes all the way from the uh, being bullied and becoming a bully. Right, it's trying to bully people first, beat them to the punch. No, yeah, or even. Even when people are, for instance, shooting up, and, okay. and I'm like, "What's up? I'm down." Yeah, kind of thing, you Dang. know. And so, Ooh. how long did like you do the, that before you stop? No, because I did all kind of different things. Oh, really? And okay, that's just one of the things that uh, that I would do. And, mm. and I remember I had um, a family member uh -huh. that, that drove up with the um, with the the neighborhood. Guy that was out here doing things that okay. were not healthy. And the neighborhood salesman, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> you know, and and uh, I remember being invited into all kind of different things. Right. right. And I was ready to embrace it at the age of 11. Yeah, to be exposed that young is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I was, again, it was a challenge, mm -hmm. right? Because you're mm -hmm. young. You don't know what's going on. It's right. your first time for a lot of stuff. But I was I was willing and ready to get involved. In those right. Things. And so I, I did. And so uh, during that time, I was... Just getting into just the craziest things you can imagine, bro. Mm. And by the time I was twenty uh two, something like that, years old, I was wanted by the US Marshals, ATF agents. Ooh. Uh man by the name Mama was looking for me. I was on Waco's most wanted. No way. I was on uh uh every hour on the hour, armed and dangerous. Okay. And, and uh all this stuff. And so, you know, um, I was suicidal, okay. you know, and and uh, I was suicidal not like in taking my own life. But right. There's different forms of, of suicide. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. And and so mine was more mm -hmm. of, um, I used to know the terms back when I studied this stuff. I <laughs> forgot it. And then it's technical now. And right, right. And sensitivity now. Mm. So you call it different. Anyway, but yeah. but, but for me, my, my way of hurting myself, let mm -hmm. me say it like that, was was doing it like going out in the blaze of glory kind of. Okay. Like I wanted to die, but I wanted to make you hurt me 
you know what I mean, and go out that way. And so, um, do you think it was like an image thing? Like, I, I want to die. Like you said, guns blazing, but like I wanted to well, do it. Like, you watched all the movies in a gangster and, way. And I'm like, you know, dude, that's yeah. how I want to die. Oh, so okay. I die. You know, I know somebody that used to talk like that. Yeah. And yeah. it's a little, it's a little cryptic to me, actually. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, all right. He used to say that his dream was to be chased in a high speed chase and get shot up by the cops. And I'm like, that's not really a dream. Like, <laughs> you know, not anything that I dream about. You know, like. But but I would daydream about yeah. that kind of stuff, bro. Hmm. Like like. like I would get lost, man, just thinking about how I was gonna go out right. violently, right? It's crazy. And, and uh, uh, but of course, it was me being violent too. But right. in the midst of us, in the midst of the violence that I wanted to engage in, okay. that I would end up leaving like that when I leave. So, right. So yeah, man, it so, was all that stuff snowballed, bro. And right. So found myself on the news and all that stuff going on. What were you on the news for? And uh, well, well, I was I was a part of a gun ring. Okay. And. Uh, Everybody had got caught, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they couldn't find me, mm. and and so they, uh, yeah. So they, they well, that's the whole reason why I was on Waco's most <laughs> right, right, right. But when you say gun ring, I mean, I, I you know, I, I got to. Um, oh goodness, okay. There is. I don't want to. I, I don't want to identify him on the show because I don't know if he would. Uh, we talked about it, but there was a young guy. I'll tell you after the show. There's a young guy who kind of grew up with you in a sense, who was who giving me a little bit of insight. We got to sit down and talk about it yesterday. And um, remind me to tell you after the show, please. And so, um, yeah, and he did tell me that you were part of that gun ring and everything. What was the the purpose of that? Like, like no, is it just so illegal to have only, those types of guns? The, or? The, the only reason I was a part of it is mm-hmm. because um, I have been I, since I was young. I was infatuated with with guns, with right? Pellet guns, BB guns. So okay. To uh, CO2 cartridges with kind of BB guns, you know, all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. to dark guns to guns and different mm-hmm. type of guns, foreign and domestic guns. And right. so I was just all into that stuff. And so these particular guns were uh, machine guns. Yeah. And so you know, they shot fully automatic silencers, all this kind of stuff. Okay. So, uh, these particular guns were, uh, in this particular case, were from a... Uh, a, a gun collector's right. uh, vault. Okay. And so I happen to have some of those, right? Right. And so that's why uh, they called it a gun ring. And, okay. And oh, okay. Kind of stuff. But anyway, I was wanted. Right. Turned myself in. And, oh, okay. Um, well, when I turned myself in, hold on, man, how the heck did this go? Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> I mean, did you get caught? I, or? I ended up, I definitely didn't get raided. At, okay. Well, they raided some places right. that I was not at. That's crazy. And <laughs> and they definitely did that. And uh-huh. uh but out of everybody I was the only one at large. Okay. Uh, so they couldn't locate me. And so uh when I got locked up, they uh, they had no bond on me okay. uh, in the county jail. Right. And um so then whenever uh I got out, uh it's cuz they wanted to talk to me about getting these uh, machine guns. Wow. And so when they wanted these machine guns, they wanted to uh, basically be able to incriminate other people mm-hmm. where all these guns were at. Right. And of course, I wasn't going for that. Yeah. And so I said, man, you know, check this out. You know, uh, of course, I, I was coached by some of the OGs in the community that okay. I talked to and like, bro, here's my situation. What do you think I should do? Right. Like, like, bro, they just want the guns. Give them the guns. But you know what I'm saying? And you're straight. But I'm like, man, I love these guns, bro. <laughs> and they're like, man, bro, just do it. Okay. Believe me. And so I, anyway, so I, I was kind of some people I respected in the community. Right. Kinda, uh, in, our, in our community where we come from, mm-hmm. I looked up to them and I was like, I right, bet. So, but anyway, when I did that, 
of course they they uh, wanted those those guns and mm. I got out. I didn't have no bomb, but then they let me out. Right. And I had to do everything I had to do to to get those guns. Uh-huh. And, uh Meaning to go and pick them up, get in different cars, right? And do this and that because I didn't <laughs> want none of my people uh, to get in trouble for that stuff. Oh yeah, you know yeah. I mean? So you weren't and, gonna be a snitch, I guess. I mean, no. <laughs> no, let me tell you something. I, I asked that because I always say if I was ever okay, put in a situation but, but, like but, that, but, I would but, totally do it. Right, like, but, but, yeah. wait, but wait, but wait, wait, wait. That was back then. Right. My mindset, my outlook, right? No, I completely now, understand. So I'm kind of answering from that mindset. But, but yeah. l- let me answer. Hold on. <laughs> l- l- I want to make this clear. Absolutely. I... Understanding sober, my, I'm sober now. Good. I'm sober since since '98. Congratulations! You know yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, but sober in every sense of the word sober from uh, anger, from from violence, from from all the different things, you mm-hmm. know, drugs and all that, and from my unhealthy addictions that mm-hmm. I had to, you know, and all that. And so my perspective is totally different. Now, okay. Bro. So that means. Um, Somebody's just triggered when you know, like, hey, no, you know, but yeah, yeah, no. oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have worked in ministry doing what I do mm-hmm. to love the the people that are considered this, that, and the third. Right. 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 And uh that's all that pushes against how I grew up thinking. Okay. Right? So the way I think now is upside down, right? Right. It's a healthier way of thinking. I love everyone. Mm-hmm. Like with all my heart, I don't I don't just say that. And right. Like it's not, I say it even when it ain't popular. Okay. I, I say it whenever it may even taint uh, an image that I no longer adhere to anyway. I right. I don't care about that image. And and so, um, so, so yeah, so I, I have to just, just back up a little bit. I think that's and, okay. And yeah. just say that, bro. For sure. Because I love everyone, including those that may be considered in that category or any mm. kind of category, you know. Right. So, so anyway, I had to put that. But, out but there, man. and and I'm glad that you did. I think it's important for people to note that your past doesn't define who you are now. Right. On, so, bro. so I don't think anybody in the audience nor myself will judge you for how you used to be. I think that we yeah. all we've all had like done stupid things in our past. You know what I mean? That we're not proud of. And I've said it on the show. And, but you know, for you, when, when you talk to me and give me the answer, like you were just saying from that perspective, mm-hmm. I don't, that doesn't hold the candle to who you are now. No, right and, and I, I acknowledge that yeah, now yeah. people will have their own opinions. This is a podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And which we'll talk about later. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, for you, when I, when I ask you these questions and you know, we, we kind of dive back into the past. I do, I do want you to dive back in a little bit and tell me what was going on in your mind, because I've never put myself in a situation like that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I always like to get the perspective of that past you, right. like similar to when I had Homer on here, you know? Right. Yeah. So, 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 let, so let's talk about that. Okay. So, so, um, this whole perspective of of snitches, right? Right. And, and I mean, I'm saying it now. Yeah, know, yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, that comes from the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found out that it was a big old joke. Right. It's a, it's a game. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's nonsense. It makes no kind of sense. Right. Uh, the biggest people in this city, I seen fold up like a lawn chair. Right. Oh they, yeah. They were saying that they're not this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. So. At first, it confused me, right? Because I'm like, dude, what the heck? I'm the only one out here uh, playing by the rules, mm-hmm. and now the rules are all being, and you yeah. know, anyway. And so, so when 
you know, you bring, you brought it up, you know, and so like my perspective now is totally different. That's that's for sure. That's a game, bro. There's people get hyping mm. about all that stuff. They talk about that stuff even when they're trying to act tough. Right. They talk about that stuff, and it's just the measuring stick mm-hmm. is is uh, how you say the measuring stick is convenient when you're holding the measuring stick. Absolutely. But but when you put that measuring stick back on yourself, mm-hmm. it's when it gets really uncomfortable and then it gets hypocritical, right? Can I just tell you I completely agree with what you're saying? Yeah, Absolutely. Because I, yeah. I think everybody says that they won't do something until it hits the fan. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And when it comes down to, to your livelihood and what's going to matter, like are you going to save yourself or are you going to save the person that didn't even care about you to begin with? Yeah, I mean, yeah, are we yeah. talking about the same thing? Like, So when we talk about snitches, everybody says they might not do it up until it hits the fan. You know what I yeah. mean? First yeah. of all, that term has snowballed into a whole nother crazy thing. It's mm-hmm. like a hybrid thing. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Right. But where it to the okay, here's to to this point. Right. So that whole thing is about a machismo, right? Okay. It's about this, you know, snitches get stitches. Yeah, yeah. And I dare you really do the science behind this whole thing, mm-hmm. and you got cartel mm-hmm. leaders snitching. Mm. You got when I mean, you talking working with the laws, right? You got cartels that hire people in. In the law enforcement. In the law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. Working with them. So it's really an uneducated, if you really understand the science of all uh-huh. this, uh, um, it's it's really it's really for those that are, okay, I'm trying not to say something crazy. But no, you're good. It's, it's for those that are uninformed and uneducated. I got you. And, and that are um, blind to the mm. realities of how things really work. Right. Because if you really get down to the way things really work, you wouldn't be talking like that. Right. Because it's on a whole nother level when it, there are no rules mm-hmm. uh, whenever you're into organized crime, when mm-hmm. you're doing things like all that kind of talk, that's that's green around the ear talk. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you don't even understand what like what it's really and, like. And I was yeah. like that. At one time, yeah, because I didn't really understand when I started to understand, it blew me away. Mm. I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, reality. When the reality set in, it was like, "Bro, there ain't no rules when it comes to this." You know what I mean? It's right. It's uh, by any means necessary okay. to get to get wh- whatever your aim is. So that that's all pretty much a front, is what you're saying for the most like part. Like some gold teeth, brother. <laughs> I just have chills now. That's so good. And, and I people always think, that yeah, don't really understand right. on the level that it's understood, mm-hmm. they out here just... Unless you really put, because I, I think that there's, I think there's people who like to play like they are a part of that life, and then there's people who really are a part of that life. Well, well no, well, no, there's people that are a part of that life. Mm-hmm. It just there's levels to that part of life. Okay, that it. it you're not gonna be. You're not gonna understand that level because you ain't there, so you ain't supposed to understand. Absolutely. It. So people will take all this stuff that's at the bottom of the understanding, okay, and run with that, and and like that's it. When it really ain't it. It's like there's mm-hmm. levels to, to this whole thing, bro. And so it's just, um, you know. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to say that because sometimes yeah. I do get frustrated uh-huh. when people posture themselves. Uh, first of all, I don't. I, I don't I don't like bullies at right. all. I used to be one, right. and I don't like when people. This is me personally yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah. I I don't like when people are posturing themselves in a certain way and they got loose lips and say certain things. Right. And to me, it's like you don't even really understand a life. I could tell by how you talking. Like you talking just that way because it's popular to talk mm-hmm. that way, and it sounds really again with this machismo and yeah. all this. And I'm not saying people that talk like that aren't capable of things. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm saying about 
the whole science behind that. Right. Like there's 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 a method to the madness, mm-hmm. right? And so um, anyway, I'll stop right there. No, I, I love it. I think I think you should. That's the purpose of this show, Pastor G, is for you to speak freely like that. And I'm yeah. really happy that you know it's nice to hear you say something like that because I, I by no means necessary understand that type of lifestyle. Yeah. I've never lived that type of lifestyle. Um, and so, but when I do look at it from the outside in, like maybe even in movies, you know what I mean, or in our media, I I, I think to myself, when you're put in those shoes, what do you really do? when when stuff starts happening do you know what i mean yeah. like you could talk the talk all day but can you walk the walk do you know what i mean and, and not only that mm-hmm. you can talk the talk and walk the walk and uh-huh. not even not even understanding the walk that you walk in mm. is a game wow. See, you can be passionate look you mm. can be passionate about something mm-hmm. and passionately wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> you understand what yeah. i'm saying okay. you can really mean it with all your heart right and the whole time bless your little heart you involved in the game mm. like you a puppet and don't even realize it don't even understand it okay you a crash dummy oh. at the end of the day and you don't even understand right. the depth of the the lies and the right. man bro it's a facade like it's it's on a whole nother level right man. right it's, it's it, when it really gets deep, mm-hmm. all I'm trying to say is you were hyperventilating going convulsions when you understand right. how much of what you think is real is real fake. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know do, do you have to mentor a lot of people like like that, like how you're speaking right now that might think they live that lifestyle? Yeah, like, so yeah. mentoring people that live that lifestyle, I mean, yeah, bro, to answer that question, do, do I have that opportunity? Mm-hmm. I've been having an opportunity since I said yes to God, bro. Wow. And, I mean, look, I um, I didn't know it all. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it all. Mm-hmm. I didn't do all this and do all that. I did some stuff. I mean, but mm-hmm. I, but the the thing is this, man, is helping people get uh, get better uh, in life, do better in life, and not better in life. And coaching people, having the opportunity to do that on behalf of God, right. It's just a beautiful thing. And when I'm asked a question about mentoring, so that really what that means is discipleship in, in the Christian world that I'm in, right? Okay. So discipleship is you, you coach, you you kind of pour into somebody's life. You do life with them, you know what I mean? And help them grow in their faith, basically. Right. It's not because I'm all that, but it's because God is all that in a bag of chips. And I'm just I'm just kind of messenger, just here to help, mm-hmm. help, help uh, people out. Right. And so, yes, I've been able to do that. And... That mindset, yeah, I don't necessarily like what I just said when we're talking. Mm-hmm. This is just in my time observing absolutely all of society and all the community and all that. Right. Uh, I don't get deep in that sense, okay. like what I just said necessarily, mm-hmm. because I really go into just helping people become better uh, in their lives and get closer to God and further away from the things that are not of God. Yeah. And that's 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 where I start at with all this. I don't get into kind of these things, right? You right. Know, but because at the end of the day, you can think what you want to think. Absolutely. I ain't, I ain't got no problem with that. I love you anyway. Yeah. As long as you're willing to move forward despite your struggle, I don't care what you've done, mm-hmm. uh, what your perspective is on things, your posturing on this and that and the third. Right. Do you desire a relationship with God to get you closer to him and further away from things that are not of him? Bet. Well, then let's, 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 let's put do it in his word. You wow. know what I'm saying? Because if not... I'll just pray for you. And yeah. if you ain't ready, well, then that's what's up. That's cool. Okay. I got no problem with that. I'll just pray for you. But when you're ready, 
come to I you. I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that so, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Pastor G, um, uh, if you don't mind, I want to go back just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about your life in prison. Do you think that spending time in prison helped you um, influence, become who you are today? And did you did you um, experience anything rough while you were in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long were you in jail for, Man, by the way? I was in there for a hot 18 months, bro. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's the, I wouldn't last 18 months. Yeah, I don't yeah, know that it, it'd last five that, minutes. That, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't la-di-da, man. Okay. But, but, man, you know, uh, my experience in there, first of all, I went to a camp. Okay. Right? And then got in trouble uh, for big-facing somebody in there. And I didn't think I'd get in trouble because I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't like, hurt the dude. Mm-hmm. But, but just kind of big-faced him and got in trouble. So I went behind the walls. And, and in there, you know, it was like, well, all the, the prison movies you ever seen kind of went in my head. You right. know, and I was like, oh, man, it's going to. And so there was there was some crazy situations that happened in there. Uh-huh. I because I'm from the street, okay, I didn't adhere to all the politics that they got going on in right. there. So all I could say is God was with me mm. uh, because I was a knucklehead since out the wound, right. knucklehead. And right. everybody knows if you're a knucklehead and you in there and you bucking the system, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna go well for you. Yeah, but I was bucking the system in a sense because I wasn't trying to be a I rode by myself. Right, like right. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to hear nothing. Nobody had to I say. I got you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so somehow God was with me. But I, I went through some things in there, seen some things, and right. And it's just you know my little short time in there. But it did uh, impact me in a way that um, because I would get in trouble when I was in the uh, the shoe. Okay. The hole. So we yeah, I remember. I know it's called the shoe because I watched Orange Is the New Black. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we just call it the hole. That's solitary confinement, yeah, right? Yeah, we just okay. call it the hole. Ooh. Uh, but but it, it's it's just it's just when you get in trouble from being in there, then you yeah. go to a place you go where, there, you, where they be segregate you for a second, yeah. you know, and then you get out and this and that and the other. Okay. But anyway, you know, uh, while I was in there, the reason I brought that up is because I got in trouble in there, and then uh, so I was locked up in there for a minute, uh-huh. and then I got out. But but while I was in there, I wrote a letter to my daughter, my oldest daughter, mm. and uh, you know everybody would get. Um, uh, they would get the Source magazine. They would get all these popular things in a little library cart in there when you're in there. Right. And uh, all that was left for me was a home in the, I mean, not home. It was a, a, dic- a college dictionary. Okay. Only thing on the dang cart. Dang. That was the very end. <laughs> right. And I'd get it. Mm-hmm. And I'd start checking it out, and I was getting crunk with these words like enamor. I was like, bro, that means love. <laughs> That's tight. And then, yeah. So I started doing all that stuff. And so that, uh, but while I was in there, I had a chance to write my daughter, and I told her mm-hmm. I wanted to change and this and that. And I think I brought up church. I don't even know how, but I did. Okay. And uh, anyway, when I got out, um, when I got out from there, man, uh, I almost got into some trouble again. Okay. When I got out, I was invited to to, <laughs> to stand up in a wedding. Yeah. And uh, my homies were saying, come on, bro, stand up in the wedding, bro. And right. I'm like, man, I'm trying to stay away from stuff. When you say stand up, you mean like object to the wedding? Uh, oh, no, no. Stand up in the wedding um, means to like... Um, to, uh, you know, you're one of the, uh, what do you call The groomsman. There you go. Man. Okay, got you. Yeah, man. So, so, <laughs> I took so, it to a whole different direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you good. Yeah. But, so anyway, long story short, mm-hmm. I was trying to stay away from drinking and all this okay. for me because I it, it, it does something different for me. Yeah. And so, so I went and I was trying to uh, just do the right thing and I went and of course I started drinking and I got drunk as a dog. <laughs> And uh, when I get drunk, I start. Uh, Are you aggressive? 
Yeah. Okay, got you. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm the opposite of that, Pastor G. I'm I, not I, aggressive. I, I, no, no, I'm like, I'm very aggressive. Okay, good and thing we there, didn't bring the wine. And there I was <laughs> in the middle of the floor trying to get into it with someone. Okay, that, just that, out of drunken stupor. Yeah, yeah, well, that I had problems with back in the day. Right, right. And, man, you know, I remember waking up and my 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 mom was crying, my sister mm. was crying, and I'm like, man, what's up? And they're like, we're threatening to kill somebody and you're oh, looking wow. for a gun. and I was like, oh, man. And I just kind of felt, uh, I had these little cats from the community. That were, I was outside just kind of daydreaming, just down, like, dang, man, I'm finna mess up and do some stuff right. again. And, like your old and, ways were coming yeah, back. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And I remember mean, my little cousin that walked up to me, and he's like, hey, cousin, so what's up? He said, man, um, all my homies are saying, man, that everything they ever heard about you, man, they seen a piece of that last night, mm. and, man, you were tripping. And I was like, Man, I felt horrible because I really wasn't trying to be on that kind of time, especially yeah. for my little cousins, my little brother, and all the youngsters. Mm-hmm. I was really on a whole different. I was trying to be on a different mindset. Right. Anyway, so around that time, my 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 oldest daughter comes out, man, and uh, she was my only daughter at the time. Right. She gives me this this letter that I wrote to her in prison mm-hmm. when I was in prison. The letter's talking about taking her to church, and she's saying, "Daddy, you gonna take me to church?" She's like four, years, six years old at the yeah. time, and uh. So that kind of tripped me out. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Right. Take her to church. <laughs> like, you didn't want to go to church. But, but, but anyway, so I yeah. did. And, and uh, so, yeah, in that way, it it, it did have some. some pe- okay. Look, if I didn't go to prison, let me tell you like this. Right. T- t- this is a long way around the question you asked okay, me about that's fine. <laughs> did it impact me. If I didn't go to prison, bro, uh-huh. I would have been murdered or would have murdered somebody. And that's just the way it would have been. Okay. If I wouldn't have went to prison. Right. I, I can confidently say that now. At mm. the time, I had people that had told on um, me, you know, all this right, right. and this and that and the other. And, and man, I was I was violent, man. Mm. I was really ready to end everything uh-huh. over being to go to prison. Right. And little did I know is that, you know, the Bible says that, that those things that are meant for bad, God would turn to the good for those who love him. Right. When I started to love him and understand all this stuff, I understood how he took something that was negative in my life and turned it into a positive. Okay. And um, and that was like a crazy way to really get me out of the really horrible stuff that, that I was, you know, uh, that was around. Right. Me. So I got you. You so, know, yeah. it's, it's a blessing in disguise right. is what I want to say. W- would you say that that time with the wedding, would you say that that was kind of a wake-up call as well? Was that your last time no, messing up or you messed it up? Was, no, it was. No, no, it was, bro. Okay, I, got you. I was flirting a little bit thinking I was, I can do this. Okay, and, and like I'm you like, can control yourself. No, I can't. No. Okay. <laughs> I no, need, yeah. I need, I need Jesus for real, for but real, But I think, I think that's important to know too because, I, I mean, like I said in the past few episodes, I used to, I was never like an alcoholic, but I used to take it there. You know what I mean? But when yeah. I would drink, yeah. my, my I was not aggressive. I was just very like, you know, inappropriate, so to speak. And I got like, you, so, bro. Yeah. And so um there was there was just one day where I drank too much and I felt like I betrayed my body. And I was like, I'm gonna cut back a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we all have those epiphanies. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wish some people would get them sooner, but they don't. And so anyway, yeah. um, so so you say that's your last time, and then now you're moving on. I, I have a question, you know, there's a lot of people that go to jail, right? Uh, or prison for a numerous amount of time and then they come out and it, it seems like that the first thing they do is start like I'm going to go to church I'm going to turn my life around and then I would say more than half of them don't follow suit okay uh, what is your take on that I mean have you experienced something like that before as a pastor 
all the time, bro. Okay. Yeah. And how do you how do you reach out to that person and get them to stay in that lane? Because I, I, I have hung out with somebody who was like, yeah, God, 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 this and that. And then like a week later, we're at Junction 84 dancing and I'm hooking them up with girls. And but this was a long time ago. So, you know, <laughs> a long time ago. Mm. So, you know, I, I ha- do, do you find a sense of disappointment as a pastor um, when you see somebody trying to, I guess, maybe talk that talk and they're not really living up to it? Like it's all a facade. Bro, that's, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. And it's... The question that you're asking is something that I've dealt with since day one. Okay. Only because, and and here's where God's grace comes in and massages with my heart yeah. towards his understanding. But coming from the street, and if I can be honest, being a part of this um, these set of rules okay. that I thought applied to all of us, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you feel alone with those set of principles and values and goals and right. Like, man, ain't nobody else participating but me. Yeah. What the heck is going on here? The most toughest individuals, the most hardened criminals, mm-hmm. the most, I'm talking about from my past. Right, right. It's like, man, what in the world is going on? I feel like at one time I felt like I'm the only dude that's really living this stuff out. Right. And I'm not saying I was all that in the bag of chips, but I'm saying as far as we're supposed to be going a direction yeah. and willing to die no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. For that, we stand on that. It's like, you know, I say that, I mean that, and I stand and represent that kind of attitude. Right. And it's like people are backpedaling, and that that was the most disheartening thing out there Right. when I was living that life. Now, equally, it has been, especially when I first started, the most disheartening thing that I also came across was, mm. hey, man, I'm I'm dead serious about living for God, man. Like, right. look, I'm willing to die for this. I was willing to die for all that other stuff. Right. Wouldn't go to the penitentiary. Wouldn't do take all these chances. And look, I'm willing to live for God to forsake my my own my my own ideologies, uh-huh. my own perspective, all that stuff, bro, and forsake all that, which is crazy. Cause right. I used to that's all I had is my word and mm-hmm. my you know. No, go ahead. Yeah, I can see this like really. No, 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 no man. It's <laughs> yeah. just, it's just. You, you, I've always needed something to stand on, right? You know what I mean. And so when it comes to this Christianity, for me, mm-hmm. and those of us that say they down with that, it's like okay, tap in, let's get this. And then it is, it's, it's been equally frustrating, right. especially on the front end of this, because I came from that world frustrated mm. that ain't nobody reliving this stuff out. And mm. then over here, it's like okay. We can do this. Let's, let's live this right. stuff out. Like, oh, wait a minute. You pump faking over there. Mm. Hold on. You say this, but you ain't doing this. You ain't mm. jumping off the porch and being about that business. Mm-hmm. You folding up like a lawn chair when when uh, things snap, crackle, and pop. Like, nah, man. And and so for me, I've struggled with that, bro, mm. Co- especially coming from that background. Right. You know, and, and God has, has had to do surgery in my heart so that I can have grace for those that fumbled the ball, for those that did... Um, it fall in that category like you're saying and that right. um that that uh what do you call it that that pattern right, right? and so now that grace is for all of us including me because i get it wrong and i mess yeah. up and i say things the wrong way and i mm-hmm. do things i look at people and so because and so here's what you know the bible uh really blesses me man is when when in, uh it, it talks about his extended grace right on somebody like me and here's what brings me to a point of humility, right? Mm. It's because I, for one, don't deserve his grace. Okay. I don't deserve his love. I don't deserve his mercy. I don't deserve anything. I, first of all, if I deserve anything, is the penalties of the penalties. That's what mm-hmm. I deserve because I'm, you know, 
I have a lot. I've had a lot of issues, and I still do have issues. Okay. And heck, I don't measure up. If we're going to start measuring, mm. right? And so that brings humility for me to say, okay, hold on, man. Um, I'm going to pray for this individual. Mm. I'm going to love on this individual. I ain't going to waste my time with this individual <laughs> yeah. unless they really want it. Right. If I see you really wanting it, and yeah, you're going to mess up, but if you're moving forward despite your struggles, we straight, then I got you because we're on the same team. Okay. You understand? Yeah. But if you're over here and it's, it's being made clear that you're false flagging and, and you just you, you talking a, a talk, but you really mm-hmm. ain't. And when I say walking, I mean like really walking and you got issues, but you wouldn't man up, woman up, whatever yeah. up. Uh, like be accountable and, like responsible responsible where, okay. where you ain't ducking responsibility and you can say you know what i messed up because that's right. the, he said something earlier we need all repent yeah. you know <laughs> and repentance is just coming to an understanding and saying i've messed up right god dang it right who am i kidding i have room for improvement god improve me mm. right and and that's what this repenting thing is turning from those things first you got to acknowledge there's something wrong right and when you can acknowledge that and say there is something wrong can you help me with Okay. This wrong is yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's repentance, right? Absolutely. And so and we gotta do that every day. I have to do that every day. Okay. Right? And, but there's a progression. Okay. It's not it's not a uh it doesn't just happen. It's not a ticket though. Okay. I get to pull out this ticket every day and just do what I want to do. There's not really no true repentance. Mm-hmm. You really don't feel bad about it. It's like when you you ever met somebody that, that gets uh locked up. Okay. Uh and they get caught doing something mm-hmm. and you have a chance to talk to them and, and they don't feel bad about what they did, they feel bad about getting caught. So there's nothing in the heart that brings like, oh, man, that was tough. I shouldn't have hit that girl like that, man. I shouldn't have uh, did this to my brother. I shouldn't have right. did that to that person, man. I feel messed up, man. And, and yeah, of course, I don't I don't like the penalties of it, but equally, I, I don't like that I even did that. Right, right. Compared to someone saying, shoot, man, you know what I'm saying? They, you know, I got caught, man, but you know what I'm saying? You right. know, I can't wait till I get out. And mm. they, they basically going to do the same thing. Right. Because their heart hasn't changed or their perspective hasn't changed or there's anything even wrong with it. Okay. In their mind, it's like, I wasn't doing anything wrong, bro. Right, right. You shouldn't have looked at me like that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, you know, it's so funny that you bring that up, and I, I won't harp on this at all, but yes, because I, I deal with that with my brother yeah. um, who is in jail, and yeah. I haven't discussed why he's on, in jail on this show. There's people who know what happened, but for me, when I saw that you weren't taking responsibility for what you did, I was kind of over it at that point. Because I, I feel like what he did was super deplorable. Like it was just asinine to me. And and I for me, I was just like, I, I there's nothing for, I feel, you should school me on this, please. I feel there's nothing for me to forgive you for because you didn't do anything to me. Your actions are what disappointed me in you. And I don't want nothing to do with somebody like that. Regardless right. if he's my brother or not. Do you see what I'm saying? I do see And, what you're and when you when you even look me in the face when I go visit you and say, I didn't do nothing wrong and it was the other person's fault. And if I God, I just can't talk about it right now because my parents watch the show, they'll be they'll be upset with me. But like I just because of what happened and then you didn't take responsibility for it, it disgusted me. And I was like, just stay away. Like I don't want nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? So um Yeah, no doubt, bro. I mean okay. what you're describing. So first of all, forgiveness this is what forgiveness is, right? Okay. Maybe this is a little analogy is that helps that helps simplify simplify <laughs> simplify yeah. this whole thing. Okay. So forgiveness is having having the key. Okay. That releases um someone from the prison cell 
that they're caged up in. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Only to find out that the person that's in that cell is you. Okay. That is forgiveness. Hmm. Right? Yeah. In other words, you have the key to let your own self out. To not forgive is to stay ca caged up. Forgiveness right. is to let yourself out of that cage. Oh, okay. It's the key to let yourself out of that cage. Gotcha. And so forgiveness is has everything to do, especially, you know, so, you know, you know, I'm a pastor, bro. So, right. so when we talk about the, the spiritual things, man, you know, connected with God, for instance. So, like, first of all, I need forgiveness because of the stuff that, I've, that I have done okay. and still do right. at times, right? Right. Um, when it comes to forgiving someone else, me forgiving them has everything to do with me and God. Okay. It has everything to do with me and my relationship with God. That cripples me from getting close to God. Okay. Right? Yeah. It gets in the way is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about that anybody. Right. It's about you. Mm. And to forgive somebody doesn't mean that you condone anything. Yeah. Right? And forgiveness is simply being, I mean, uh, to, to have unforgiveness means that someone did something uh -huh. to hurt you, whether directly or indirectly. Okay. Right? And so to move forward, you have to be willing to forgive. Not doesn't mean condone. Right, right. But forgive that person. Okay. For whatever they have done, directly or indirectly, to offend or hurt you. Okay. Right? And so um, so, so the, the key to this whole thing is being able to get to a healthy place right. where you can say, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. I don't condone what you've done. I don't, I can't control none of that, right. whether you think it's okay or not. Mm -hmm. But it's so that I can move forward right. and get some kind of closure to something that may be um, causing bitterness at the end of okay. the day, harboring bitterness, right? Yeah. And therefore being embittered as, as a person, whether you realize it or not. Right. Right. And so it's a it's something that is freeing at the end of the day okay. in a way that you never thought would even be possible. I, so yes, and and to like respond to that, I think that for me personally, when mm -hmm. it comes to me and my brother, mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like it's hindered me in anything in life because shortly after it happened, I was able to move on. However, some people in my family were not, mm -hmm. which has then affected the family dynamic, so to speak. Do you see what I'm saying? Right and I feel like he he has this certain control, even in I haven't spoken to him in six years. You know what I mean? So so I feel like he still has this control, like of negativity that he could just kind of like manipulate, so to speak, whenever he wants. And for me, when you talk about forgiveness and it not affecting me or indirectly or directly, I feel like had I let it get to me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Right like on. this show wouldn't exist and neither would my career. You know what I mean? And and I feel like with other people, they they might have used it as a way to just kind of use it as an excuse to be like, because this is happening to him, I'm this way now. And that makes me look at life different. Whereas for me, it's like, I didn't make that decision. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so, so let me on. give you a good for instance. Okay. Uh, when we're, we're still on the topic of, of unforgiveness. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So unforgiveness looks like this. I'm at Whataburger. Okay. Having a great time with my family. I'm living my best life, bro. Right. I'm, I'm straight. I'm doing me. You understand what I'm saying? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Kids with me, wife is with me. Shoot, I just got paid. Yeah, 
you know, the checks them came in because it is the stimmies, whatever, and you straight, bro. You sitting right. there grubbing. Got the double meat cheeseburger. <laughs> Come on now, bro. Yeah. All of that. And all of a sudden, someone comes in that you ain't seen your whole life. You've been avoiding, you've been mm-hmm. you got closure. You straight. It yeah. ain't that you can't live. Right. But when they come in out of nowhere, you can't eat your dang hamburger no more. Mm. You acting crazy with your kids. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I don't know. Be quiet. Let's oh, go. Wow. We finna leave. Get a. Now it was a, ha- it was a happy moment. Right. Now all of a sudden, because there's one person walked in that there's... you've been avoiding all your life. Right. They don't ruin Thanksgiving. Mm. They don't ruin this and that and the third. So yeah, you okay when they ain't around you, but when they with you, it hit different. Huh. Right. So yes. when he ain't gone, it's there. Okay. Right. And so that's what unforgiveness looks like. And that's what I've had to journey okay. and get through and actually forgive people um, so that when I do see them, uh, it, it, uh, I didn't harbor uh, bitterness. Right? Okay. And so I've been able to feel the other side of that. It's like, man, I'm straight. It doesn't affect me mm-hmm. even when I see them and that kind of stuff. So I got you. But that, that's a lifelong journey, bro. It's easier yeah. said than done. But, but, but uh, if, if it ain't done, then it, it ain't done. Okay. No, I I feel you. Yeah, thank you for setting some. I I again feel validated in my moving on, regardless if it's family or not. I just like I always say like what's wrong is wrong, family or not. You know what I mean? And Uh, so so there there's people maybe in my family that look at me as a traitor, so to speak. But for me, it's like I have a life to live. I have things to do. I have goals to reach. And if I'm worried about what you got going on in a prison cell for more than six years because your sentence was twenty, I feel like it's going to hinder a lot of my progression, and that's not fair for me. Right. Is, is, is that selfish? Do you know what I mean? No, it makes sense. It's, okay. it's how we deal with things as humans, bro. Yeah. Like, like everything we're talking about right now, I have to apply right now. Mm. I have to apply. I had to apply last week. Mm. You know why? why? Because um, sooner or later, those things will surface. Right. right? Again and again and again. And there's going to be people that wrong you, that mm. disappoint you yeah. over and over again. And so for me, uh, all this stuff I'm talking about, I don't get to duck it and, and, and or the same thing's going to happen to me. I got to deal with it head on in a sober way. Gotcha. And that's even as you were asking me a question earlier with disappointments and mm-hmm. people in the, the, the this church world yeah. right, that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, that happens, bro, and it hurts. And it's just, but I got to be like, I have to not allow it to um become a form of unforgiveness because then I'll be bitter even right. behind the scenes. Okay. And you and I know that the the biggest struggle is the struggle within. Yeah. We can we can play it off all day long. Yeah. And we can lie to ourselves all day long. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day it's gonna come out. Bro. Yeah. And so anyway, that's a deep Deep no. question. There's a lot that can be said more. About <laughs> I, no, I, I and I feel like there's people in my life that you know I, I feel can be more true to themselves, you know, and and I let them. I think we all deal with that personal journey individually in really? certain times. I've had to deal with that journey, you know, even as far as my sexuality or you know mm-hmm. just who I am as a person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, nobody believes I was antisocial growing up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like it's just I feel like people deal with that particular journey individually, and when it's time for them to deal with their true demons and really just kind of come face to face with themselves, it'll happen. And I just, you know, let everybody do it on their own terms. You know, I kind of real quick wanted to, um, you as a pastor, we, and we talked a little bit about, you know, the, the people that fake the the church thing or whatever, just to kind of have this false image of themselves, so to speak. At what point, or do you at some point throw in the towel and say, if you're not willing to help yourself, I can't help you. Well, um, 
Man, that's another good question, bro. Um, <laughs> I come with it on the public affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, you you supposed to, man. Yeah. Uh, look, man. Um, that's a that's a great question. It's, it's it's something that I live out every single day. And, okay. And it's basically, you have to help yourself, right? In order for me to help you, okay, right. Mm-hmm. And so, if, if you ain't trying to put nothing in it. What the heck do I got <laughs> business doing trying right. to put something that that's not a uh, uh, fertile ground? You right, know right. what I'm saying? Like uh, you're not investable at that point. Okay, you know what I mean? Till you ready to to invest in yourself, then man, I'll come and I got you. It's fertile ground. Right. You know what I mean? And so, so uh, that's just kind of the principle that I live by mm-hmm. that helps me so that I don't become an enabler. Right. I, I will, I will point you to the one that it can empower you. Okay. Right. Uh, and and help bring about the different support systems that's needed to, to help nurture you and all that. Right. But bro, that ain't finna happen if you ain't serious about I got it. You. So if not, then all I could do is pray for you, okay. you, and that's just what it's gonna be. But I'm not gonna spend my time, energy, and all that right. to invest in you if you're not invested in yourself. Do you feel like you're put on a pedestal because you are a pastor? Like people expect you to change them. Does that make sense? And then when you don't do it, that means you're not like real or whatever the case is for lack of a better term. Oh yeah, that happens, bro. Yeah. Those are those are unrealistic expectations. Okay. That I hold some magic wand or a glittery <laughs> curtain. Yeah. That when your husband or wife or son or daughter or whoever, dad walks through the door, then mm-hmm. they're gonna be, you know, uh transformed. Yeah. And uh to be transformed, first of all, ain't got nothing to do with me. Has mm. everything to do with God, right. but I can point you to the one that can transform you and help you uh, make the, the steps that are necessary okay. to, to experience that mm. for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, there's people that are disappointed equally in me <laughs> because they, um, first of all, by practice, by lifestyle, they're embittered with their own parents, with their own past. Mm. and. So if there's no progression, yeah. if there's no transformation, well, guess what? Sooner or later, they're going to be disappointed in me too. Okay. Why? Because I'm human just like the rest of them. And so because of that lack of responsibility that yeah. we're willing to take, well, it's easy to shift it on somebody else. And then you end up going from one church to another church to a, a, just like you go to one job to another job, mm-hmm. from one relationship to another relationship. Yeah. There's always going to be some magic something that's going to finally do it for you. It's like, bro, the whole thing is you need help. Right, right. You know what I mean? I don't care if you move to New York, to <laughs> Austin, to wherever you move to on the planet, bro. Right. If you find some other humans around, stick around long enough, they're going to disappoint you. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, just call life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so, so you got to know how to navigate and deal with that mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually so that you can be a person that's more on a holistic level than... Okay. Or healthy, I should say, yeah. than unhealthy, right? Mm. And healthy things grow. Unhealthy things, they don't grow. So that means something mm. is stumping the growth from even happening. That's so. That's such a good analogy. Yeah, that yeah. really is. That's a very. That's a very good way to put it. Do you think, um, as because of your past, and you, I, I think in our earlier part of the conversation, you you don't want your past to define who you are today, or you don't want people to judge you based off of that person that you were um do you think that it was hard for you to be taken serious as a pastor because of your past and where you are today man heck yeah bro mm. bro first of all how the, did you deal with that like yeah well i've said it from since we started this okay. i'm a knucklehead at the womb <laughs> okay I'm <a> knucklehead. <laughs> yeah I'm hard-headed mm-hmm. 
I was willing to die, get locked, whatever it took. Uh, and so I'm a knucklehead on this end. So how I deal with it is because I'm just a, um, I'm a bold person, number one. I've always have been. Uh, and, and then I'm a knucklehead. So that's how I deal with it. But uh, God gives me the grace, the love, the mercy, all these different elements that are needed, the patience. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> gives me the patience and the peace. The peace is very important okay. to be able to stay the course. Because, bro, I've been, I remember I went to a uh, conference in uh, Queens. Okay. Um, in New in, York? In New York, yeah. yeah. To Queens. <laughs> and um, we were out there, bro, and this place was full of all kind of people, and uh, the pastor's Italian. Okay. And so it was pretty dope. Uh, and, dude, I didn't see nobody like me that, mm. looked, that, that looked like at least they had a past. Right. I unfortunately look like I got a pass as soon as you see me. And okay. and uh, it's hard for me to smile all the time. Mm. I try to smile. It looks like I'm trying to use the restroom <laughs> when I smile too big because I was so used to not smiling. Right. And, and so it's kind of hard. I won't be mad. Right. You know, I'll be feel I'm straight and people, because yeah. I look real serious and they think, oh man, everything cool. Yeah, everything's great. Right. But so I just, I, I haven't, for for a lot of these years as being a pastor and being in ministry, mm. uh, I've I had never consistently when you talk about pastors, okay, sh- all showing up under one roof somewhere. Right, it was hard to see, to find people like me, and that is also a facet of being uh, in this walk with God, just kind yeah. of being disappointed and discouraged. Like, man, where are the people like me? You know, what gotcha. I'm saying? And so so yeah, man, it, it happens. Yeah, okay. It happened and, and then you just, I mean, it happens, and then I mean, bro, it happens even in this city, bro. Like <laughs> like like when, when you're talking about when you talk about yeah, there's some that are around, mm-hmm. uh, of course, but when you're talking about a whole room full of pastors, yeah. And you, there's not very many uh, yeah. that that have similar backgrounds to the point that I have, mm, right? Okay, and that's that's uh, it used to be discouraging. Yeah, for sure. It used to, and, and okay, okay, it brings a level of frustration to me, right? Because I come from a tribe of people, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating at times for me because I'm like. Bro, I come from that too. Yeah. Get your stuff together, yeah. bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's possible. Bro, I'm about one of the most throwed off people. I got newspapers to cl- uh, uh newspaper clippings to prove it right. in this city, bro. Yeah. For doing stupid things that are unhealthy. And so I got all the excuses you can come up with too. Okay. But I've been able to get to this place because of God, not because mm. of anything that I am, but I've applied myself. Right. Right. And so I have gotten and do get frustrated because I'm my heart goes out to everyone, but especially people that are like me that sometimes allow their past to determine their future right. and use that as a crutch or an excuse to, it's like, bro, I don't care what you've done. Right. I don't care how much prison time you did or didn't do or who you shot or killed. Or, I don't care about none of that. Right. What are you going to allow do, God to do in your life now? Now what? Right, so right. you can come with this big immaculate story and you kill 30 people. And right. So what? That don't mean nothing to me. Right. It don't scare me. It don't intimidate me. It don't do nothing for me. I mean, that's great. Okay, God's brought you from that. Cool. Well, what are you going to let God do now? Right. What's 
who are you gonna allow your legacy to be now? Okay. You understand what yeah, I'm saying? Sure. So, so that's that's my thing. Wow, yeah. Okay. Very powerful stuff, Pastor G. You know, I'm really happy that you came onto the public affair and was just very real and made my skin crawl a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did. But you know what? I, that, that's what I like on this show. I, I want your real emotion and your real, you know, just like answer to the question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which leads me to my last question because right. I really just want to talk about this because I'm just curious. And yeah. some audience may or may not like what you have to say about it, but I'm not a prude and I actually really want to know and yeah, have this conversation. Bro. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot either written in the Bible or, or what we're conditioned to grow up with that's a, a sin. Do you see what I'm saying? How do you feel about those type of church politics? Like if somebody tells me I'm going to go to hell because I'm gay, mm -hmm. like what what is your response to something like that? A response to uh, someone saying that you're going to go to hell? Mm -hmm. Because of your sin, yeah, and I just, I just want to do, yeah, like, I just want to know for real, like for real, like I'm not even gonna get mad, no matter what your answer is. Well, for, yeah, well, for me to answer that, let me ask you a question. Okay, so you personally, uh -huh. do you consider whatever that is in your life uh -huh. a sin or not? No. Okay. Okay. So for me, if someone were to tell you that you're going to hell mm -hmm. because of, they're calling it a sin. Are they calling it a sin? Or what are they saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people, like, when it comes to that political side of church, like, you know, we're, we're all grown up to think that being gay is a sin, and it mm -hmm. says it in this chapter, but then people will pull up another chapter and say, well, that's not what it means here. Like, I think people bring their own context about it. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I, I just wanted the opportunity to ask you, since you are on this show, you yeah, know. Yeah, man. No, and I, that's, the, a, yeah. that's, that's a, another equally, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a good question and yeah. an important question. For sure. Um. First of all, you know, you're talking about context, right? Yeah. And then uh, people come with context, they come with perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to for uh, when it comes to the word of God, yeah. People will use that to do all kind of things. Mm, okay. Right? Yeah. Uh the KKK uses the script, uh the Bible to back up what they believe. Uh-huh. Is true for them. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's why they got the burning cross. Right, right. Believe it or not, they come out to, man, we, and we can go deep with all this <laughs> stuff, man. And this may require a whole nother yeah, sit down. It sounds like a part two here, but yeah. Yeah, man. But just but, like but, a quick, yeah. So, so let, let me try to, so there's a lot I want to say about this. Okay. The question you're asking. So I'm trying to, it's like a water like high. Condense it. That, yeah, that uh -huh. question is, it. okay. Mm -hmm. What I would say to that person. Okay. You want you want me to respond to that person or to you? Respond to me, like yeah, whoever, hey, so, yeah. Okay, so ask me the question because you were doing like a third party. Kind okay, of. How, about, how about this? How about this then, Pastor G? Yeah. Do you think me being gay is going to bring me straight to hell, or do you think me and God are going to have a conversation about it and then you know? First of all, <laughs> man, look, I can't send nobody to hell. Okay. First of all, mm -hmm. whether you're gonna go to hell or not, that's between you and God. Right. All right, so if you ask me the question about will you go to hell, okay, that's between you and God. Hmm. Now, if you're also asking me, according to what I believe, if that is a sin, uh -huh. then yeah, it's okay. a sin, right? Right. Do I look at you different? Right. No, I love you like I love everybody else. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would. I would offer the same discipleship, the same coaching, the same mentoring, the same. The same everything, resources. Right. I would do all that for you like I would anybody else. Yeah, right? yeah. And so check this out. I believe, though, that me and you are in the same boat. Okay. I'm not better than you. Right. And while we're at it, you're not better than me either. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And, 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 and so, but God is better than us all. Mm. And so I don't 
send nobody to hell. Right. I, I don't. That is not my job. Okay. But if you ask me a question, if uh, do I believe this is sin according to the word of God? Yeah, for sure. And mm. and uh, at the same time, you you talked about this a little earlier. Um, will somebody else look at that and say, "Oh no," then that's a theological question we can get into, and then yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it turns it, into more of what you were saying, ethical questions yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And so, but that's like a whole nother deal, right? But yeah, in, in the short, my answer, yeah, from you asking me, yes, yeah, bro, and I love you too the same way. You I know think that, I mean? yeah, but and, and I really appreciate your honesty too because I, I think a lot of people don't have those types of conversations. I think mm-hmm. they need to be had, and you know, like. Uh, there, there's those pastors that that might like condemn me. Do you know what I mean, mm. or somebody like me? And mm. and um, I, I feel like everybody's entitled to their opinion, which is why I asked. Do you know what I mean? I want their and, honest answer, and that's just that. Like people will turn it into whatever they want, Pastor G. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. I, I, and it does sound like a more com, more of a more in debt conversation to have in the future. Big but, time, because yeah. there's a reason why. First of all, there's a reason why you arrive at the point you arrive. Yeah. And there's a reason why I arrive. So there's experiences behind all this, right? right? For sure. Perspectives mm-hmm. and, you know, and all that. So and there's a lot to be said about it, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in this day and age, um, what you just asked, the conversation we just had, that's supposed to bring a divider between us. Right. That's supposed to, if you don't accept, okay, first of all, if, if I don't accept you mm-hmm. in that particular part when we're talking about the Word of God, yeah. then... I should be yelling at you. I should be mm-hmm. thinking different of you. Okay. And vice versa. You right. should be thinking that way about me. So love, unfortunately, right now, love, uh, people are wanting to define love mm-hmm. as, ex- what is it? Like, it, it's like if if you don't accept, if you don't, if you don't believe what I believe. Right. Then you don't love me. I Okay. Yes. And, and like, well, hold exi- on, yeah, hold sure. on, hold on. So, so, so for me, it's like, dude. Boy, this is a whole nother conversation. No, I know what you mean. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I want you to know that. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I one thing I dislike is uh-huh. the. I, I try not to dislike a lot of things. Right. One thing I dislike is when media or people in the community, all these people that hype everything up, mm-hmm. they want to bring us all against each other. Right. And I and I'm even mean with people that don't even believe in Christianity, mm-hmm. bro. I love everybody. Yeah, Let me totally. try to tell you, bro. And I'm not saying that just to sound. I'm saying it because that's my belief. Because mm-hmm. God loved the hell up out of me, yeah. so I'm willing to love the hell out of somebody else. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And okay. so, so God's love broke through all the walls of depression and and anger, frustration, all that stuff. And so out of that same love, I have the audacity to love other people, even if they have different perspectives or beliefs or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. I've sat across from people and have welcomed and hugged on people that I used to want them to not exist on this earth anymore. Right. And I've had people be a part of my circle that used to think the same about me and and well, I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> no, I, listen. I want you to know that I am completely on the same page as you, mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of people in this day age cannot have that conversation that we were about to have. But mm-hmm. I, I can because nothing offends me. Like I don't care. You know what I mean? But, but I, I like your answer, and mm-hmm. and and I'm refreshed to hear that answer. Not that I needed validation or anything. I just, I was just mm-hmm. curious. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and don't think by any means necessary that I was gonna be offended by whatever answer you thought. And I asked you because I really wanted to know your perspective as a pastor. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I, I appreciate you coming on the show 
number yeah. one. <laughs> I appreciate you being so fluid and genuine with us. Yeah. And um, I appreciate you as a person. It's really nice to meet you, Pastor G. It really, really is. Man, well, it's, it's nice to meet you, yeah. man. And, and look, bro, I don't do well with politics. Yeah, me neither. I didn't do well with politics <laughs> in prison. Right. I don't do well with politics out here, politics in the church. Uh -huh. I don't do well with politics anywhere. Mm -hmm. But they exist. And, you know, I don't buck them either. But I, I'm just not one that uh, I'm right. an astute person that just... Right. So so I just, I try to be who who, who I am, bro. I feel and, you. And that's it, man. I feel you. No, and I'm the same way. And, I, you know, I just thank you so much for, for everything that you've done today. Unfortunately, we are running a little bit out of time. Right on. But, um, but I really appreciate you again for coming on this show, giving us some church, um, giving us some realness. <laughs> yeah, we needed it. And um, I'm really grateful. For, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have sat down with you and for really having this conversation. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Before we wrap up the show, um, I think it's appropriate. Would you lead us in prayer? Of course. How about man. that? Okay. It's my, it's my honor, bro. Let's do it. Yeah. So Father God, first I just uh, thank you for this, uh, this place here, Father God, where we get to uh, just share our perspectives, uh, even our hurts, our frustrations, our upbringings, our uh, discouragements, disappointments, our beliefs, and all these different things here. Lord, I ask that you would bless Andrew and bless uh, my boy Mike. I forget his name, but the homie over there that's doing all this, uh, the the you know the sound stuff, and everybody that has, that's a part of this. That you would bless them and the audience that follows and subscribes. Uh, that you would bless them, Lord God. That you would massage your heart, shows your understanding. That your peace uh, would be with them. Those that are affected by this COVID stuff, Lord God. Uh, that you would be with them, bring healing. You're the great physician, and we ask that you would bring healing to them, Father God, only in the way that you can. Those that need breakthroughs in their lives, that you would give them that. Those that, uh, uh, Lord, just need you mentally and emotionally, that, that you would bring uh, complete restoration to them. And uh, thank you for this time that those that uh, will hear this, that would uh, subscribe to this, that will follow this, that you would uh, just point them to the hope that you offer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Pastor G, thank you so much for all that. Thank you again for all your insight. Thank you for coming on to The Public Affair and being thank super real. Um, real quick before I wrap up, where where can we find your church? Where does anybody who wants to attend your church go? Yeah, it's at uh, on Cobbs, uh, on 4901 Cobbs Drive. Right. We have Saturday services at 9.30 a.m. Oh, I'm, cool. Did I say Saturday? Bro? You said Saturday. You meant Sunday. Sunday morning. <laughs> I was like, Saturday? <laughs> Sunday morning, I got bro. you. I'm going to have to come visit sometime. Yeah, I will. You, love for you to Yeah, come, you man. came to the public first. So I'm going to come to your church. Bro, okay? that's I, yes. I, I'm going to. I, I will. I don't know when, but I'm going to. I that's promise. Up, okay. hey, yeah, yes, thank you for everybody who tuned into this episode of The Public Affair. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this episode. Again, big Shout out to Pastor G for coming on to this episode of The Public Affair. I really appreciate having you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having of me. Of course, before we wrap up, I definitely want to give a shout out to just a few more of our sponsors of The Public Affair. This episode is brought to you by Soko Soccer Academy with Dominic and Ariana Gutierrez. They're located on Franklin Drive. They offer team, small group, and individual skill training. They also have open play on Friday nights, and they specialize in soccer training and fitness training with Dominic Gutierrez, Isaac, and London Carrillo. Because of them, I'm down 55, 55 plus pounds. What's up? Yes, my clothes are going down. I really appreciate it. Soko Soccer Academy, thank you for sponsoring sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair. Of course, the fat boy Micheladas and Botano, my boy Junior Banda, he provides the best Micheladas and Botano plates for yourself or for a party. They're locally operated. Make sure you get the best and not the rest, darling. I actually have to order my tray tonight. Oh, if you've never had them, Pastor G, it's godsend. It's amazing. I love fat boy Michelada and Botano. Make sure you guys check them out on Facebook at Fat Boy Michelada y Botana. Thank you for sponsoring this episode, Junior Banda. And to one of my new sponsors, Fuel to You with Jose Fernandez, aka the gas man of Waco. I love this when he proposed it to me. It's exactly 
exactly how it sounds. If you don't want to go get gas, he'll bring the gas to you for a small service fee. It's absolutely genius. I can't wait to see what comes out of this company. Um, Jose Fernandez, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode with Fuel to You. Make sure you guys call the number on the screen or book at fuel to you.as.me to get your next tank delivered to you. You guys, thank you again so much for watching this episode of The Public Affair. Pastor G, big blessings to you and everything. I'm really happy we had this conversation. We're going to have to revisit again in the future for sure because we left a lot out. And to everybody, make sure you always keep it between us. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.